0: No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now.
1: It's been done 31 times before in the history of the NHL. The Winnipeg Jets, by virtue of tonight's defeat at the hands of the Vegas Golden Knights, will need to be the 32nd team to come back from down three games to one in order to continue their playoff journey. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. With Dave Manouk live at Canada Life Center, with Ezra Ginsberg, live in his basement, I'm your host, Drew Mindell live in my electrical room, bringing you complete coverage of tonight's Vegas Golden Knights victory over the Winnipeg Jets. A 4-2 margin. The Jets lose a game they can ill afford to lose. They lose another forward they can ill afford to lose in Mark Shifley, leaving the game very early on and not returning. Gentlemen, the Jets were game in terms of the effort, but they just fell short. And I think a lot of it had to do with simply being outmanned, outperformed by virtue of the talent level and the disparity therein between the two teams. Good evening to you both. What's
2: up boys? Yeah. Good evening to everybody watching as well. Yeah. I think there's something to be said for the talent disparity, especially when Shifley leaves the game early. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure we're going to get into that because a lot of people, you know, have been uh, retweeting the, uh, the replay where Lauren Brassois clearly trips him. Mm -hmm. uh, And the debate could be, you know, I guess you could go both ways, whether that was, you know, on purpose or, you know, that was part of the play. Right. But Shifley left the game and, you know, we'll have to wait for further updates, but yeah, I mean, look at the, the jets had a pretty stinky second period. I thought the golden Knights were pretty dominant in that second period. They probably could have had more. Uh, and in that third period, I mean, the jets had a, a pretty valiant comeback, as you mentioned, Drew, uh, look like Blake Wheeler at his second of the game. Um, obviously it went to Pierre-Luc Dubois, um, but you know there was no shortage of of chances right you saw dylan sandberg had a good scoring chance uh i, I thought you know the the lowry line was excellent again tonight um i thought you know nita was really good tonight but uh you come up a a goal short and you know that's what happens i mean we were joking you know that the three goal lead is the most uh dangerous <laughs> lead in in hockey um and you know it was looking like the two goal lead was going to be the most dangerous lead in hockey but yeah they just couldn't get the equalizer and you know give the the golden knights credit that you know they they were uh you know tightening up a little bit there in, in the third period so it's going to be a very difficult you know task coming up for the jets to go into Vegas win a game and then win the next couple and really it's kind of crazy but the jets haven't won a playoff game at home since 2018 uh which is kind of hard to believe but mm-hmm. yeah the golden knights definitely have had their number in the playoffs that's for sure
1: They certainly have. Dave M joins us from the press box at Canada Life Center. Uh, You know, Dave M, it it just seemed like, you know, there's just, you look at the players that the Jets had available to them throughout this game, and, you know, hard work and effort, uh, you know, from, from maybe some lesser players, lesser skilled players, can work during the regular season for a period of time. We saw it happen here earlier, but I think push comes to shove come playoff time when nobody takes any nights off or they shouldn't take any nights off and every game matters that much more. You can see how the talent disparity is just playing itself out on the ice, uh, you know, uh, on the ice in, in tonight's game.
0: Well, I don't think there's any question about that, Drew. Although you're getting uh, you're getting some pushback on your 2018 because uh, Brass Balls Blake is saying that there were a couple of wins in the bot. You know, when they yeah. we, for- we tend to forget about those playoff games when I'll they defeated I, the I Oilers here. You know, it wasn't me who said that. <laughs> it was Ezzy who said that. Who said it? It was Ezzy oh, who said fine, it. Whatever.
1: But that's because you well, said, I mean, the broadcast okay, well, I also were... said it too. I think with the broadcast, the broadcast had, oh, a, that's had, a, had a, something on the screen saying the Jets, you know, the last time they won a game uh, at home in the playoffs. And then they skipped over the uh, the COVID year when there were no fans in the in, uh, in attendance.
0: The... Fair enough. Oh, maybe they meant in front of fans or something like that. I think that. so, probably. Anyways, the point is, well, they probably actually probably did now that I think, because it, it would be like the whiteout, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the game started very similarly to the last game where the the fan base was was jacked and everybody was excited and and yet uh you know the jets scored the first goal so the building is 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 pumped up but you could see right away i mean it was weird because when mark Scheifele went down mm-hmm. uh it didn't look that bad it really didn't like he he got up fairly quickly uh when it when it transpired kind of shook it off i mean he, like he was down for a second but then he shook it off so it didn't appear he wasn't wincing so mm-hmm. it didn't appear that there was anything really wrong with him and you're thinking okay well that was they avoided they dodged a bullet and then, of course, the next shift, you see that they didn't dodge a bullet. In fact, and no. it was not a; it was very bad for Mark Scheifele and and his prognosis for the rest of the game. It didn't, you know, nobody, people were saying, let's put it this way: a lot of eyes were on the tunnel in uh, Canada Life, but it didn't really seem to make a difference. Of course, because he no. wasn't coming back. When he made that beeline, when
1: when he you know took that you know you know maybe you can uh, you know account for the feeble shot as it you know sometimes maybe you knuckle it or you hit it off the heel or something, but when he just turned and sprinted straight for the bench and right down the tunnel, you immediately think, well you know this is something that's seriously wrong where some part of his anatomy is not uh uh performing properly it's uh, i don't know I'm not gonna play doctor I'm not gonna speculate as to what it could possibly be, but he wrist. crashed into the boards with with a very high velocity yeah he crashed into the boards with a high uh, degree of velocity, and you know you hit a big wall, you know it's gonna it's gonna do some damage. and in this case you know sometimes you're able to it's a bruise or sometimes you you can just sort of shake it off and sometimes it actually is uh, a legitimate injury. Well, he
2: came back on the ice and had a on the power play. so that's why right. it, that's why there was no indication at the time that it was necessarily going to take him out of the game. but obviously right. the way he left the ice, you could tell that it wasn't something where he
1: was going to come right back no not by a long shot it looked it looked bad and you know we'll obviously wait to see what uh, rick bonus has to say o- about it uh when he speaks to the media over the course of tonight's post game show but it definitely was not a good thing and then you know the winnipeg jets were in trouble as a result i mean that you are a makeshift hockey team you're playing with uh, I'm gonna say, you know, you know, five and a half defensemen because the team really didn't. You could see him from the get-go that the the amount of trust that they had in Logan Stanley was was you know not overwhelmingly high because he was skipped through the rotation uh, for the first few times during the game. And now you're down to 11 forwards, and Mark Scheifele has been your best goal scorer this season, and now he's out of the lineup. In addition to, of course. You know, Nikolai Ehlers, who hasn't played, and Josh Morrissey, and Kyle Connor, who, uh, you know, I know a lot of people are clamoring to see more from him, uh, you know, in tonight's game because, you know, he needed to step up if the Jets want to continue to play uh, in these Stanley Cup playoffs, given all the injuries. I mean, look, the it's similar to game 4 the vegas golden knights players sorry game 3 because tonight was game 4 but the vegas golden knights uh, their best players are performing better right now than the jets than those uh jets those of the jets best players that are still healthy and that number is dwindling quickly
2: yeah i would agree with that and and yeah i mean look at you you're having to move kevin Stenlin up into a top 6 role all due mm-hmm. respect to kevin Stenlin, i mean you're you're just not going to get as much, not, not even close to the amount of offense you're going to get from from Mark Scheifele. I think he's done an admirable job on on the fourth line, and you know we talked about Blake Wheeler. He was really good again tonight. I thought he yeah. elevated his game. Yeah, that this there's no doubt, Drew, that Kyle Connor. This was not his best game. I don't think he would say he had a bad game. Like I can remember a few scoring chances that he had off the top of my head, but I mean after that, like. Yeah. I mean, who's creating offense for you, right? Like, you know, Mason Appleton draws the penalty on, on Michael Amadio. So mm-hmm. I, I thought Appleton was, was moving his feet. He looked good. Uh, you know, Brendan Dillon was jumping up into the play. Neil Pionk was jumping up into the play. Nate Schmidt was hammering that puck from the blue line, um, you know, missing the net, but also hitting the net at times. It was hitting bodies in front. Um but look at—I mean, you know—if the Jets would have tied that up and won it, we would have been talking about how it's all about the next man up mentality, and you know, the Jets—you uh, know—found a way to win even though they didn't have Shifley and Morrissey. So, sh- sure, you could simplify it to the Golden Knights—you know—having more talent, and you know, the Jets missing um, some key pieces. And if Shifley is out for the remainder of the season, uh, pardon me, the remainder of the series, then yeah, it's going to be really hard. Um, but this series is probably over, anyways.
1: Well, the you know, 3-1 for Vegas in the series now, Dave. It's going to be very difficult for the Jets to overcome that. But it, it really is a function of, I think, as he made some good points, a lot of players are doing what they can. They're doing what they can to try and carry this team through. You know, Blake Wheeler has been very good. I thought Blake Wheeler was probably the Jets' best forward on the ice tonight, and he's trying to elevate his game in this opportunity. There just needs to be more of that from... Kyle Connor, maybe even a little more of that from Pierre Luc Dubois. You can't ask for much more from Adam Lowry and Mason Appleton and Morgan Barron and the Mestnikov and Niederreiter. I think these guys are. Barron giving... was another
2: forward who I thought was really good tonight, rocking the full birdcage.
1: Yeah. You well, know, I mean... like,
2: so like, I, yeah, you're right, Drew. I mean, you're not going to point to a lot of even Axel Janssen Fialbi. And you're right, he didn't play a ton, but you're not expect- expecting Axel Janssen Fialbi to come in playing his first game, just checking here. He only played five minutes. Right, And obviously, when the Jets go down two goals, Axel Janssen-Fialbi is going to have to wait a long time to get his turn, right? So, I mean, effort is one thing, um, but when you're already missing Nikolai Ehlers in the series, you're already missing your best defenseman, and then your top center or second-line center or number one winger, whatever we're calling Mark Shifley these days, when you're without Mark Shifley, I mean, there's only so many guys that you can really rely on um, to score goals for you, quite frankly.
0: No, I think as right. And I think that's that's just ultimately the reality is that you just don't have the the wheels or the horses to get it done. And if you do, like where were they, right? Like where is mm-hmm. Pierre-Luc Dubois' effort? I mean, he's taking silly penalties. He's and that's a penalty, know, just... Dave. Like I don't know why he no, absolutely... was complaining about that. Well, that's a trick. You know what? I will tell you as when I first saw it, I actually thought it was a marginal call. When I when I my first initial reaction to it was, oh, that seemed somewhat Unnecessary to even make that call. Then I watched it again and replay, and sure enough, yeah, I was like, okay, that's a penalty, and it's an unnecessary one because the, the reality is the Jets need Pierre Luc Dubois to score goals, and he got that fluky goal, you know, in then the third period. But I mean, at the end of the day, we've talked about it. If you want to be a 10 million dollar man, if you want to be the man that everyone puts, the, you know, says, oh, that's the guy, he's the guy. Well, I, if I didn't you want to be like that.
2: Drew, basically, is what you're saying,
0: yeah, basically, <laughs> if you want to be Drew. But I, but the point is that if you want it to be. The guy that everyone looks at and says, You're the player that this team is going to rely on, that's going to put his team on this team on its back, on his back. Sorry. You know, I didn't see that from Pierre-Luc Dubois. I'm not thinking there wasn't an effort tonight, but I just didn't see enough of what he needed to do when the chips are down. And look, guys, I mean it's it's not a game that we saw this literally kind of this blueprint work out for the Jets with a with a lesser, you know, score discrepancy in game three. So the Jets were, I mean, you get an early goal in the third period. I mean, you're you're not out of that game, even without a lot of players. And the Jets realistically could have, you know, had one shot go this way, one shot go that way. It's a tie game. Mm -hmm. But the fact is that you needed more from Cal Connor, you needed more from Pierre Le Dubois. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, like Drew and you were as you're saying, and I agree with you guys, you know, it's really nice to have an effort from a guy who's making 950K. It's really nice to have an effort from a guy who makes Mm 1.2, but again. If you make six, you make seven, you make eight. If you make those numbers, get, you know, and oftentimes we often say, well, you know, forget about the salary cap. You know, at the end of the day, you know, Nate Schmitt makes X or Blake Wheeler makes this. You can't really f- fixate on that stuff. But again, if you're one of those guys who's young and hungry, like a Pierre-Luc Dubois says, I want to get paid the big bucks. This is when you have to perform. And if you're, I mean, he's got two goals in the playoffs, not nothing bad in four games, but at the end of the day, it's about, what are you doing to drive this team and bring this team into it and you know when 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 you've lost Mark Shapley you've lost you don't have Nicola You lose Josh Morrissey I mean it, it's it's unfortunate for this Jets club that they just don't seem to have that enough I guess right now that is going to help them get over that hump of of all these absences I would say one other player who needs to step up for the Winnipeg
1: Jets in this series is Connor Hellebuck I mean, uh, you know, Connor Hellebuck, who has been the lifeblood of this team and the driving force on this team for so long, has been, you know, I would say average at best in the series. You know, he, he hasn't been overwhelmingly tested. But he, there's been times where the Jets need a save, and he hasn't been able to get it for them. And, and Ezzy, I want you to comment on that. But before I, I do, Rick Bonus speaking to the media saying Mark Scheifele has an upper body injury and will be reevaluated tomorrow, so he's not immediately declaring him out like he did for Josh Morrissey uh, after Game Three on Saturday evening. But he's saying that Shifley to be reevaluated tomorrow with an upper body injury. So there you go. That's the latest regarding the, the Winnipeg Jets, Mark Shifley. Ezzy, I want you to touch on Connor Hellebuck and his performance so far uh, in, in this series.
2: He hasn't been, uh, I would say, otherworldly like we've seen down down the stretch or or at many times over the last six or seven years. Um, I don't think anybody's going to sp- say that Hellebuck was bad tonight. No, but when you consider that, you know, the Jets are without their number one defenseman and, you know, they're plugging guys that haven't played yet in the series, like Logan Stanley, like Axel Janssen-Fialbi, and now, you know, at least tonight, Shifley's out of the lineup. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) Hellebuck has to be that much better, right? Even going into the series with Shifley and with Morrissey, you knew that Hellebuck was going to have to be the Jets' best player. And you're right, I mean, you know one save is all the, the difference, right? Like I agree with Dave and that's kind of what I was getting at here. Like you could simplify the situation the Jets are in, in right now down to, you know, they don't have Morrissey. They don't have Shifley. They don't have Ehlers. Poor us. We just don't have enough talent. We can't beat the golden Knights, but there they were in the third period uh, after Dubois scores and it's a one goal game. Right. And they were pushing like the Jets had a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. We talked about it. They were buzzing, Um, The zone time in this game, you know, was very close. I don't have the numbers, but when they showed it, it was very equal. Um, And the possession, I believe, was fairly equal. I haven't checked it. Possession
1: was uh, was actually it was uh, 57 percent to 43 percent in the Jets favor at five on five expected goals. Uh, at 5-on-5, five five, 1.9 for the Jets, 1.6 uh, for the Golden Knights. Yeah, so, like,
2: what are we talking about here? We're talking about a close hockey game. Translation, yeah. that, that's a close hockey game, right? So, in a close hockey game, um, you know, usually talent will prevail. And, you know, like we talked about, even if Shifley's up the middle and Morrissey's in the lineup, I mean, the Golden Knights are a four. Like, even that f- that fourth line, Dave, like Nicholas Waugh, Keegan Colasar, uh, and I guess Ivan Barbashev was there tonight, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Like, that's a really good fourth line. Like, those are the types of players that you could easily move up and play on the third or second line, right? Um, William Carlson, I think, has been, you know, amazing in this series. Like, Jack Eichel didn't even have a point in this game, but he was, you know, creating creating chances, drawing penalties. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, Jack Eichel has outplayed Pierre-Luc Dubois. That was one of the key matchups. Except we for talked game about- one. Yeah, I would agree with that. Dubois was excellent in game 1, but I think, you know, 3 of the 4 games Eichel's been better. Uh, you know, we saw Mark Stone like Brett Howden could have made that a two-goal game and then you don't need the empty netter, right? We all remember what mm-hmm. happened there. Mark Stone went through a couple Jets players. Uh, Brett Howden just, you know, he couldn't put it in the net. I think Mark Stone's been really good. Obviously, you know, Howden scored a goal for for the Golden Knights and I mean, sometimes that's just the way it goes and and the Golden Knights have been getting the bounces, like including on the Howden goal, right? Like Pionk uh, tries to get the puck into Appleton in the corner. So he turns the puck over. Uh, I think it's Mark Stone that brings it up the ice, drops it to to Howden. Um, The original shot is blocked by Pionk. I guess I'm getting into the Betway game recap here a little bit. But but again, that was the bounce. But then the Jets get the bounce on the Pierre-Luc Dubois goal, Right. right? Where Wheeler takes the shot. It goes up in the air. Petrangelo waves a stick at it. Um, So that's a bounce that goes in the Jets' favor, but that's really what this game was, a one-goal game in the playoffs. Uh, It comes down to a bounce here, a bounce there. So, I I mean, yes, the Jets desperately need Shifley back for Game 5, but this was a game that could have easily pushed overtime.
1: Well, look when you're yeah when it's a one goal game you know the Jets were pressing and they were doing what they but they could you know and if the puck goes you know similar to how it went on Saturday and ends up on Lowry stick in front as opposed to ricocheting into the corner or something then it's a completely different situation. There's just I mean you know the Jets just seem to be from my estimation you know with, uh, after the three one goal in particular the Jets are just struggling uphill to just try and generate really anything that i would describe as a quality scoring chance they had a lot of zone time and they had some good shifts so i'm not saying that they didn't have zone time but uh, you know how many of those chances were what i would describe as uh you know great chances i mean not very many of them the goal they scored the 3-2 goal was again more fluky than anything they get credit for going to you know in front of the net and the bounce happening like it did but again They look like an undermanned team. They look like a team that is playing with less skill than their opponents, and they are. So, I mean, it's not really a surprise that they looked the way they were because of the simple fact they are just absolutely running into the injury bug at a completely inopportune time. When you take, you know, before the series started. You know the question is: Do the Jets have enough depth? Do, you know, are their players as good as the Vegas players are? You know, up and down the lineup, Dave. And then you subtract Ealer, you subtract Morrissey, and you subtract Shifley. Now, well, I mean, there's no wonder you're down three. And then you think... add
2: in Mark Stone, right? And right, that was Vegas, that. That to exactly. me has been like, I'm sorry, I, I maybe I'm higher on Mark Stone than than other people, but I mean, like he's not he's not a top five offensive right winger, but defensively, he's a top three. Uh, right winger and i think overall probably a top at least top 20 forward in the nhl top right winger um and you're right drew i mean look at vegas had had some issues and the question mark was in goal and you know specifically we talked about lauren berçoise only having really what a period of playoff experience he was not good in game one mm-hmm. um but he's outplayed hellebuck so far in the series and i i don't know if a lot of people thought that would be the case and you got to give credit to dave let's get dave in here he has a uh, spoken in a while i mean the, the golden knights defense like we talked about it with jesse granger right like everyone knows about alex petrangelo and shea theodore but like that third pair nick Hague and zach whitecloud has really impressed me like they're big the golden knights defense is big it's tough to get to the net i'm not saying that the jets haven't tried or haven't gotten to the net at times but it's a pretty good group of defense but like let's not forget this was the top team in the west after all
0: yeah, no, I mean, you're you're right, as and, and I think that's, you know, we can't gla- glaze over that and pretend like suddenly Vegas was uh, a bunch of slouches and, and weren't a very good hockey team. The fact is that they were, and they were, you, you're right, you don't get to 111 points using five different goaltenders by accident. We, we mm-hmm. talked about their defense, which for our, a lot of this series, the Jets have found hard to penetrate, and their forwards are pretty damn good. And I agree with Ezy. and if anyone wants to go back and listen to the preview show that we did, when we were talking about this being a, a toss-up series, especially a four versus five, more like more like a four versus five than a one versus eight, one of the biggest X factors that we tried to, to bring into the equation was what Mark Stone was going to do and what kind of difference maker Mark Stone could be in the series. And guys, uh, Mark Stone has been way more effective than Jack Eichel. Like Jack Eichel, sure he's he's you know did did all right on the on the power play. he's not that noticeable i mean if you're telling asking me and i'm watching this game here in the in the building phil kessel invisible jack eichel has been there but not not dominant not like the guy who was drafted behind connor connor mcdavid sort of dominance in a second overall pick and i understand this is his first crack at the playoffs but mark stone has been a difference maker there's no question about it he is in on everything uh it's been a manitoba thing like if you look at all the manitobans on this as he talked about zach white but you look at uh uh, Keegan Colesar, you look at Brett howden I mean, he if, if if he gets that goal that he misses, he puts that shot in. I mean, that just seals the deal and that kills the Jets' you know chance at even coming back into this game, obviously. And then he gets the empty netter. But him and Stone work so well together. So yeah, I mean, Mark Stone was the biggest X factor for any of us uh, in this series and how it was going to go for Winnipeg. And, and their ability to kind of compete with Vegas, and then you remove Mark Scheifele, and then you, rem- you don't have Nikolai Ehlers, and again, ultimately, you don't really have Pierre-Luc Dubois and Kyle Connor being super effective and really being able to impose themselves on the series. I'm not saying there weren't flashes here and there. Of course they were. They're too good to, to be completely invisible for 60 minutes, but the fact of the matter is you needed a more significant effort. And, you know, at first, at first I saw that third goal against Connor Hellebuck, and I thought it was a terrible goal then you see the tip by Barbershev and you realize it's actually a pretty nice tip and logan stanley probably should have had a, a closer connection to uh to the player and not allowed him to have that sort of gap but i mean it, it's it is an unfortunate situation that that the jets weren't able to manufacture and really build on what they did which was a good start right and they and they had a good start again in this game and mm-hmm. you know you find yourself up one nothing and you know you just can't build on it so yeah when vegas got that one all goal to tie it i like, as he says, I don't want to jump ahead into the bit. Wait, game, game recap here, Drew, because you have to give the intro first, of, course. of but, course. But But ultimately, like that, if the Jets could have been able to build on their momentum, which is something they have not been able to do since game one, mm-hmm. you might have seen a different game. But of course, they didn't. And as a result, you didn't.
1: Let's get into the Betway Game Recap. It's brought to you by our friends at Betway, one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. Big thanks to Betway for their continued sponsorship of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Blake Wheeler opens the scoring, just like the Jets wanted. Get the crowd into it. Get an early goal. Get the good vibes rolling. This is after, of course, Scheifele has left the game uh, after suffering the uh, the the injury. The, the you know the with the Jets on the power play, Shifley has just gone to the bench. Basically, uh, it's Blake Wheeler, his second of the game, second of the playoffs assist to Neil Pionk and Nino Niederreiter. That was, I believe, made at the. Fifth straight goal that Pionk had assisted on uh, the the Wheeler opener. It's one nothing for the Jets at the 5:53 mark of the first period. I think that was his fifth, wasn't? It? Did he get a, on the on all four goals? The next,
0: the next one. I think he had, no he was no he wasn't four last time. It was three. The last game he had three assists. Last game and okay. he had two assists. This game.
1: Okay, so it's up to five now. I didn't know if it was up to five or six. Anyways, thank you. Uh Wheeler, anyways, gets the Jets on the scoreboard. Uh power play goal. Not a great goal. Probably a goal that Lauren Prasois wants back, but the Jets will take it. Uh, no questions asked with the early one nothing lead, as it.
2: Yeah, Wheeler and Pionk are, are playing catch there, right? Like mm-hmm. they're passing it back and forth. And what stood out to me on this goal was you have Dubois on the left side and he's circling back, he's moving. And obviously, you know, the Golden Knights know that. And Wheeler's kind of using him as, I don't know if the decoy is the right word, but, um, you know, that's an option to go cross-seam to Dubois. And so I thought it was a, a smart play by Wheeler to kind of, you know, give off the impression he was going to pass it over to Dubois, who was pretty open at the point. Um, not at the point, but at that point is what I meant. Mm-hmm. Um, and It was a nice shot by Wheeler. Like, you know, sure, I guess, you know, it's it's from the, you know, face-off circle and everything like that. But I thought it was a nicely placed shot. But that's what stood out to me on that goal was that uh, Dubois was wide open. And I think, you know, Wheeler sold that, that he wasn't going to be going to Dubois and he was going to be selfish and take the shot. And we've seen him do that before because Wheeler's obviously known for being more of a distributor on the power play, but he's actually got a pretty decent wrist shot. Uh, You know, he's obviously not known for his shot, but, uh, you know, it was a nice
1: goal. Yeah, exactly what the Jets wanted to start the series, Dave. Start today's game. Get the home crowd into it. Get everyone excited uh, you know, with the late start. Uh, the game's starting closer to 9 o'clock, then 8.30. But Wheeler did what he needed to do in getting the Jets the early one nothing lead.
0: Sorry, I was just reading Lauren Brassois' uh, comments about uh, a courtesy of our friend Darren Bauming, who said he heard the chance from the folks at, uh, at Canada Life, and he said, and I quote, it was fuel. So uh, perhaps the chant, the fans might want to change their chant a little bit for uh, if there is a game six.
1: Give me I mean, give, give, relax, relax. relax okay. Well, I, I mean,
0: mean I'm, i Drew. You know. I'm Drew. I'm, I'm kidding. I, I just know you are. It. I was tweeting about the show to be honest with you, and then I, I know. saw that, so I, know. I was laughing.
1: Like, relax, players. That it's fuel. I mean, how about the fact that you're playing for the Stanley Cup? That's fuel. You are the backup goalie, Lauren Prosoa. You're on an incredible run. You're on an incredible heater. Congratulations to you. All praise to you for it, but relax. You are what you are. Embrace it and embrace the run that you're on right now. I mean, Let me tell you,
0: Jets fans would not be upset if they still had Lauren Brossois here as a backup goaltender for the for the Winnipeg Jets. But, anyways, that's not the point. Point is, Jets have a one nothing lead, courtesy of Blake Wheeler. And it's it's funny how you're right with with Scheifele down, and as he's right, he used he used his what it was his weapons available. And we often joke how you know Blake Wheeler taking a shot isn't exactly a fearsome. Um, prospect for a goaltender to face, especially given that sort of time and space. But look, he gives the Jets the lead and he gets the crowd. He gets it going in here. And like I said, it was loud. I mean, it was the the crowd is amped up. They were excited. I mean, it was I don't know why. Well, first of all, I'm going to rail a little bit here on Sportsnet because God forbid this game actually starts on time. I mean, it was an 830 start time. The game didn't yeah. actually start till eight fifty because, of course, you know the Leafs. God forbid, do we? No, no, no.
1: You know, it's it, upset it, the it, Leafs. This is the actual puck drop. The they I mean the, the yeah. This is what they did. This is what they did in the game. Uh, the 8th,
0: well, then why would you put the time? would you tell everybody the time start? The game starts at eight thirty
1: because they want to bring everyone in for whatever pregame nonsense they. I mean, this is what they do. This is this is. I don't think that this is necessarily what for Sportsnet as much as it is. Uh, remember, they they used to do this all the time. Uh when NBC had the rights. The game time would the ticket would say 2 30. Okay, well then the, th- the, the TV yeah, broadcast would start at 2 30 because they couldn't do a pregame show before that. So they'd do the pregame for 20 minutes and then the puck drop would be uh 250 or something like that. Like uh, you know, or 20 minutes after how
2: about just how about just tell us when the game's yeah, gonna start? That's I mean, like, with all respect, like, whether like, dude, whether I'm it's right? it's online, whether like I'm with Dave, like you know, if that's the plan sweet. like because the thing is, we know hockey games don't start exactly to the minute. They usually yeah, start, course. what, five to seven minutes, right? Because you, you have the mm-hmm. you know the intro stuff, the anthems and everything like that. But, yeah, I mean, it's noticeable. And the thing is, guys, not a lot of kids are, are able to stay up and watch these games, right? Oh, like I'm talking no. about here in Manitoba, not in Vegas. I mean, obviously, you know, in Vegas, it's a couple hours earlier. But, I mean, so, it, it, it like, for, if you're a kid and you're staying up late a little bit to watch the game... It's kind of annoying.
0: Well, I mean, I guess I guess ultimately my point I'm trying to make is that I pay attention to this as much as anybody, and and when I when you tell me it's eight thirty, then I think it's eight thirty, and if you're going to qualify and say puck drop isn't actually eight thirty, then that's fine. But you don't, and so people think. You know, we set the tweets for eight thirty. I mean, it was re- literally the tweet went at eight fifty. And that's mm-hmm. when the game started. One minute later, so uh, that's when our our show tweeted. So hopefully uh, everybody's joining us here because of that tweet and because of all the other tweets we send out and all the other things that we do to get you here on the illegal curve post game show. Smash that like button while you're here. You know, let us give us some. I think love. you just revealed
2: state secrets, Dave. That we actually don't f- like post all the tweets in real time. Well, There's I no way people... we could, by the way, because I think we have, we tweet about fifty a day.
0: Well, as you and I really hope that people realize that when I'm tweeting, when I inadvertently, as Drew pointed out the other day, tweeted at seven, it was like three in the morning. It was like three in the three AM. Three AM. I'm like, okay, time for puck drop with uh, join (laughs) as now. The funny part was, Drew, the only good thing was I don't think I was actually very specific. So it was actually generic enough that it made it just sound like it was a game day and you got to join us. Why it would have gone at three in the morning, I don't know. But ultimately, Drew, rather than deleting it and resetting it. If the Jets I are in Asia,
2: it. then the game will start at three in the morning yeah, Winnipeg time. Well, I mean it's you,
1: anyways. It's not important to hey get you. into, but uh, one nothing I mean, for the Jets. Uh, the at point that point I was going to make. Time. What was your point? Did you actually have a point? I was talking well because
0: as he made as he made the best pregame comment of the of the whole show. Soul bear crushes cocaine bear. <laughs>
1: Bear is singing didn't the national like that. anthem. I did not like that. You know, I'm co- Drew you know thinks that I'm cocaine, cocaine bear is better than everything. I'm the cocaine bear for life, no question about it. Uh, in this household. Uh Vegas tied it up uh four minutes after the Jets opened the scoring. Uh Brett Howden, his first assist to Chandler Stevenson. Um, you know, and it's a nice shot and it's a nice goal by Houghton. But again, there is a fluky benefit to this one. The first shot is blocked. I think it was by Neil Pionk. Does a great job blocking the initial shot. How often does the shot block end up right back on the stick of the of the shooter? And only the only difference is this time he's in a better shooting position. And as a result, he wires it past Connor Hallebuck uh you know beats him I believe uh glove uh glove side top shelf to tie the game up at one. I mean a a fluky bounce to the benefit of the Vegas Golden Knights and to their credit they take advantage of yet another fluky bounce going their way as he
2: yeah and I mentioned it before we got into the Betway game recap but uh Appleton gets the puck back to to Pionk and then Pionk tries to get it back to Appleton along the boards. And, and that's mm-hmm. what it, when it's intercepted, right? Yeah, it turns into and,
1: a 3-2 for Vegas.
2: Yeah, and it was Mark Stone. We talked about how good of a defensive forward Stone is. Pardon me, I think it was Chandler... St- uh, no, it was actually Howden himself. Sorry, he dropped it to Stone once he crossed the blue line. So the turnover was to Brett Howden. And you're right. I mean, it's it's a very fortuitous bounce after Pionk blocks the initial shot. Um, but, you know, we've, we've talked about it so many times, right? Like, when you're playing a team... That that has a quick strike transition offense like the Golden Knights do, mm-hmm. right? Like these are good players, um, you know that that's what can happen off of turnovers. But you're right. I mean, Pionk makes an initial nice block, and Howden follows it up, and he and he makes no mistake that that goal. You're obviously not going to fault, uh, you know, Hellebuck on it was a it was a beauty.
1: Yeah, that one. That one was a fine one. That was nothing wrong with that one. It was a very nice shot from Brett Howden. He's been very effective in this series uh, for the Golden Knights. He's been strong on the forecheck. He's actually moving his way up the lineup uh, based on his play in the series, which should tell you that you know he's moving up. I got like Arv- Ivan Barbashev is dropping down lower in the lineup because Howden simply is you know is one of those guys who deserving more ice time based on his play for the Golden Knights so far. One one after twenty minutes, shots on goal in the first period, 10-8 in advantage of the Golden Knights. But all in all, uh, a pretty reasonable period played by both teams. I think I, both teams would probably be pleased uh, with the first period the way it went. Uh, second period, no goals. Scored. Hold on, Drew.
0: Drew, you're going to gloss through the go through the first period and not mention the the Manitoba Jeopardy winner. I mean, come on. You're Emma right. Carpenter. I,
1: I was going or to the
0: Sorry, I'm going I got to mention her name. Okay. They showed her on the they showed her on the jumbotron. Shout yeah. out to Emma, she won at least one, maybe two ga- rounds two of, of Jeopardy. So congratulations! Uh, always nice when you know you can give a shout out to to uh to a Manitoban. Wins Jeopardy? Come on, that's that's and they played. They played I leave the peda- I leave the pedantic tweets for you and your Instagram
1: posts and your all that. Instagram, really?
0: Oh, that's funny. I could have sworn it said illegal curve on the Instagram. Yeah, I but know, shit. but you know, yeah, you yeah, like yeah. to
1: do. You like to do the pedantic stuff, and I like to do the 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 hard hitting oh, journalism yeah. Oh, yeah. that you find here on the post game. You
0: mean you mean like when I asked Dimitri Kuzmin if he spells his name his name with a Y or an I today?
1: Yes, exactly. Hard hitting <laughs> journalism for the record. Getting folks, the it's answers. A y. It was why. So there you go. I also found There's his another... favorite
0: restaurant in Winnipeg. If anyone's interested, uh,
1: you can get you tell you what get him on board as a sponsor. Then you can get them. Then you can give him a plug at that point in time. Uh, Vegas made. I don't it think two we one. can be
2: sponsored by individual players, Drew.
1: <laughs> no, the restaurant. He's saying they. That's what the, oh. Dave is saying. That what's the restaurant? The... Oh, we're not. He's not allowed to say it until he, we first get all, to sometimes why as he as he,
0: as he I was being I was being sarcastic. But go on.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, Vegas makes it two-one at the thirteen thirty-two mark of the second period. William Carlson, his third uh, of the series, assists to Jonathan Marchessault and Shea Theodore. This comes two seconds after the Pierre Luc Dubois tripping penalty uh, expires, so it's not a power play goal. But Dubois not yet, you know really back in the play. Uh, It's a nice redirection by William Carlson. You're allowed to redirect the puck with your skate. And, you know, there was some thought that maybe there's a potential for goaltender interference on this one. Uh, Not in my books, you know, I didn't uh, see that at all.
2: I I think I forget if it was, uh, if it was John Bartlett or Gary, I think it was Gary Galley that was questioning that, but no, I don't think there was anything there at all, Drew.
1: No, I mean, Hellbuck was, was, you know, you know, uh, Carlson wasn't in the blue paint. So if you're not in
2: the well, also I don't think he touched him on the replay. Like I don't think you really actually saw any significant
0: physical contact. Well, no, no. In fact, I'm pretty sure Hellebuck was the one who initiated the contact.
1: Exactly what you see on the replay, and I think it was Kelly Rudy who showed it during the intermission. Yeah, you actually see that Hellebuck's pad gets hooked on, uh, gets hooked on Carlson. So if you go back and you watch the replay of the goal, and you sort of see Hellebuck is, uh, his body is in a weird position. He's almost like sideways. Uh, to, to the net as opposed to a square. It's because his pad, the top of his pad, as he's coming out to challenge and he's outside of the blue paint... Actually gets hooked on Carlson and sort of gets twisted as a result. So it's really and again, uh, you know, just a, a bizarre sort of play. And then of course that allows Carlson to redirect the puck, uh, the the pass from uh, the pass from Marsh so. And there's a big five hole uh, for him to redirect it through, and it gives the Golden Knights a two one lead at that point as he.
2: Yeah, I I, I think you summed it up pretty well there, Drew. Like the Golden Knights, we talked about it with Jesse Granger on on Saturday's show. Um, The Golden Knights' power play has been an issue not just this year, but for many years. Um, It sure looked good to me tonight. Like this doesn't officially count as a power play goal because it almost seemed like it ended. The power play ended as the goal was scored. Like it was like maybe a second or two two um, after the clock went off, uh, the power play clock on the broadcast. Um, and you're right. I, I didn't originally think that it went off of Carlson's skate. I just thought he tipped it, Mm -hmm. but it was clearly, um, off of his skate. but obviously there wasn't a distinct kicking motion is, is what they're looking for. Right. We know that. Um, but you know, the Golden Knights were moving the puck. It was, uh, uh, Dylan and Pionk were on the ice for, I don't know if it was the whole power play, but it it felt like Dylan and Pionk were out there for the whole power play penalty kill. I should say Vegas power play, but Yeah, look at, I mean, Marchessault and Carlson have been doing this for the Golden Knights since the 2018 run for the Jets, right? Like, and they've burned the Jets Mm -hmm. many times in the regular season. And these are skilled players, and that's what's kind of almost, uh, you know, difficult to comprehend how the Golden Knights, like the Golden Knights, you would think would have a top ten power play every single year, especially adding Jack Eichel, right? And Dave mentioned it, like Eichel has, he's made interesting looking plays. There was a play he made. Um, I forget it was the second period or third period. It looked like he kind of caught Hellebuck off balance, Dave. And he tried. Do you remember a play I'm talking about? He kind of looked like he was trying to shoot it off of his arm or something. It yeah, was like behind yeah. the goal line. Okay, there he drew you. Remember it was it was a I'm very in it was an in yeah.
1: tight uh the bad angle attempt, but it looked bad like angle, he was trying yeah. to it looked like he was trying to deflect right. the, like that off of like Hellbucks like inside yeah. of his arm. But also, I mean Eichel, you know, early in the game, it didn't amount to anything aside from a scoring chance, but off the face-off, he had that great opportunity yep. as well. Yeah, he just shot it clean off the face off. Uh, and if the Hellbuck had to be sharp and on his toes there, because it was it certainly was a was a it wasn't an easy save given the circumstances and you're not expecting a shot right off the draw there.
2: No, it's it's good on you to point that out because even though Eichel isn't racking up the point, he didn't have any points in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's been pretty good this series. But yeah, look at I mean, if you, you take penalties and you know you can get burned, and we talked about it. Like Pierre-Luc Dubois was excellent in game one. He's got into penalty trouble, right? And that's kind of the downside of his game, right? Like you want Dubois, Dave, to play a physical game. You want him to lay the body checks. You want him to drive the net, use his body as a shield, everything like that, right? But you don't want him to take unnecessary penalties, and that's what he's done in games three and four.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any question, Ezzy. and that's what we were talking about with... With these guys is that discipline is huge i mean look the fans are are hoping that everything is going to be a penalty against vegas and nothing is going to be a penalty against Winnipeg, but that's not the way the playoffs work of course and and ultimately that's that's one of those things that you just have to like you're right it's a fine line especially for a guy who plays a physical brand and wants to be engaged whether it's emotionally physically in the hockey game for like a guy like Pierre-Luc dubois so for him to be able to walk that line is is the key and and ultimately like we've said you First of all, you need him because you need to score goals, but you also don't need, even though Vegas coming in and we talked, like you just mentioned, as uh, you know, Jesse Ranger was on our show on Saturday talking about how bad the Vegas power play has been. And the Jets, even though the Jets penalty kills look good during this series, the fact of the matter is that you're giving Vegas those opportunities needlessly to take control of the hockey game. And it's, and it's when you're as fragile as you are. And I look, people could say we're making excuses, but when you don't have some of your best players, Josh Morrissey, probably one of the Jets' best players this season, right? Mark Shafley, top top goal scorer. Nikola Ehlers, he's the best five on five guy they've got. So you're missing those three guys. What, is it, what does it look like, right?
2: Throw in Cole Perfetti as well. I realize that, yeah. you know, you could say that, you know, Perfetti's, uh, you know, a young player and he doesn't have the same impact, Dave, but they could, oh, we got Scotty Billick here. Maybe Scotty should just uh, pop hey, in. Here, I'm going Go to unmute. We want to hear Scotty. from you, Scott.
1: Yeah, Scotty, what's, up, with, what's your what's your in depth analysis? Well, Fresh haircut too,
2: Scotty.
0: Oh yeah, I don't even know if anybody's singing. Hey, <laughs> oh, you, oh, you want to hear them here? As as he's got the as he's on the Ozempic.
1: Oh, we got Jay <laughs> Bell.
0: <laughs> oh we, boy! Oh wow! I, I could hear them beaking me in the background, but Nobody. now now who is,
1: else is coming in there? J Bell, uh, J Bell. Friends, Send editor. Scotty Jason and Jay Bell. the link,
2: Dave. Let's make this a five-man <laughs> unit that was, here. That
1: was an ad. That was a free ad for Rogan. So, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> oh man,
2: that was amazing. That was a good line. Love it. A free <laughs> an ad, ad for, for Rogan.
0: Oh man, uh, that was funny. funny. You didn't hear what Jay Bell just said in the way, on the way back, but who? This is what happens. This is what happens when you do a uh, the show. While they're all trying to write, so I appreciate that they're uh, giving me the consideration to not kick me out, throw me out over the uh, press box right now. There you go. It's uh,
1: twelve fifteen in the morning. It's off to overtime by off to uh, overtime. By the way, uh, between Seattle and Colorado. uh, To all. Uh, the Kraken outshooting So who's call. posting the
2: ICOT pool sponsored by Rumors?
1: Well, I was about to, but I'm talking right now, so I'm trying to multitask. So maybe Dave M will post it a little bit. Well, no, Dave's, I'm, Dave am shaking his head. It's not worth it. Uh, but you can uh, enter the Illegal Curve overtime pool. Hashtag ICOT pool. Pick one player from Colorado. Pick one player from Seattle. It's your choice. But pick only one player. Tweet it. Drew doesn't at, like it when you pick two. I don't like it when you tw- uh, pick two. Tweet it at Illegal Curve. And if you choose correctly, you you can win a great prize package from our friends at Rumors Comedy Club, uh, rumors restaurant and comedy club, I should say, to be exact. Uh, takes Vegas 47 seconds later to extend the lead from two one. Drew,
0: as an aside, for whatever reason, I took these guys up here a long yeah. time to calculate. I'm not, I don't want to throw I don't want to throw anyone on the bus. Tweets, yeah. But it was like it was like 51 seconds, 47 seconds, 51. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, I wasn't I didn't care, so I wasn't paying attention, <laughs> but I was like, I don't understand how hard is it to do the math guys i mean this is not uh you don't need to get an abacus. you don't even do need you
2: don't even really need to know. like it was a quick goal all you needed to know it was a bang bang like dennis used to say unfortunately it was the bad team scoring it wasn't a good bang bang it was a bad bang bang
1: well i don't know i'm gonna ask you to stop saying bang bang please but it was 47 right. seconds is regardless why did
2: that bother you drew I Look, just...
1: that bang bang triggered you A little triggered. This is a safe
2: space, Drew. Talk to us.
1: No, I'm not going to talk. I prefer not to talk to you, period. Yet here we are. uh, (laughs) Game number 80. What is this? Game number 86 of the season. So and yet we still are here. Uh, Ivan Barbashev at the 1419 mark. Of the second period, he gets his first of the series assist to Shea Theodore and Chandler Stevenson. Uh, Theodore comes in; he was at the top of the face-off circle. He snipes the shot, and Barbashev gets a little bit of a tip on it, enough to get past Connor Halbach. I know it's tipped, and I know that makes a, a degree of difficulty. But if you're Connor Halbach, you just can't let that goal in at that moment, at that time. You have to find a way to make that save. And I know it's easy for me to say that from here, but given the circumstances, given the uh, injuries uh, up and down the Jets lineup, just given everything about it, a two-goal lead when you're without Scheifele, without Morrissey, and without Ehlers. I know they did it on. I know they did it on Saturday, and they got close to doing it today. But that's a save he has to find a way to make, in my estimation.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm not a goalie. I'm not a goalie expert. I mean, I, I you know, it, it's, it's, if you just take away that, that it was a beautiful tip and it was at the point of the game. Yes. Yeah. Yes. To make a save, because if you go down two goals, it's going to be tough, especially as you mentioned, you don't have as much firepower in your lineup. You're relying on players like Kevin Stenlund and, you know, Morgan Barron to, to, to fill roles left by guys like Mark Shifley and, and Nikolai Ehlers right but if you look at and I was just watching the replay it, it was a nice tip and how many times do we see this guys not just in this series but other series right like you see a lot of tip goals and you can see Hellebuck's glove because of the, the Theodore shot comes from the left side he has his glove ready because he's tracking the puck and it gets tipped up over his glove right so I don't know I mean it's it's a nice tip um I, I look look at I I mean I I don't I, I don't think it was a bad goal, put it that way. Um, but again, Drew, when Hellebuck is at his best, he's finding ways to make those saves, right? And you mm-hmm. know, he made some nice, nice saves throughout the game. Um uh, you know, there was we talked about Jack Eichel earlier, he made a really nice left pad save. Eichel moved in, it was point blank. That's one that stands out to me, right? But Look, at, I I I think it was a nice tip. I'm not arguing with you just for the sake of arguing, but I, we know that goalies like those those are the types of shots that are the most unpredictable and, and the toughest to save, right, Dave?
0: Yeah, and you know, as he what I was going to say to me the the biggest thing because when I originally saw it, I thought that's a terrible goal. How does Connor Hellebuck not make that save? That that was my first reaction, and then and then I watched, then I was like, well, wait a second, why are they giving it to Barbashev? And then once I realized yeah. that they that he had tipped it. I that changed my opinion of it. I went back and watched the replay. And yeah, I mean, look, again, like I said uh, in our intro, I don't like the gap between Logan Stanley and Barbashev because Barbashev is unmolested in front and has his opportunity to take a stick, tip that puck, and tip it past Connor Hellebuck. And I'm like, I'm not, as you said, Drew, I'm not or I'm not a goalie expert. You you know, you want it like the brass not stopping the wheeler shot, that's one you think your goalie should have. A tip play like that—it's not an easy one. I'm not saying that he could—he hasn't adjusted in the past and made that stop, but it's—it's it's a lot greater of a difficulty for Connor Hellebuck to make that save uh, on that kind of tip by Barbashev. So you got to give him credit. I again, like I said, I just don't love the gap that between Logan Stanley. I didn't even like the. Well, Logan he,
2: Stanley creates like he cross-checks Barbashev. Barbashev's going backwards, Dave and tips the puck after Stanley cross-checked him. So it's kind of a, an odd play. Like Stanley was there, like, right? Like he was on the right side of the puck. He was there. It was just a, I, I don't know. I mean, look, it was a, it was a nice tip. I, I, I don't know what else there is to say about it, right? Like, I don't know if you no. can fault any one player on that, that particular play. Like how many of those plays do we see in a game that the tip goes wide or the, the player doesn't get a stick in? On it, and it's it's just an easy save because if Barbashev doesn't get a stick on that, Hellebuck just gog- gobbles it up with his glove.
1: I yeah, I mean the the deflection makes it that much more difficult. I just want to see him find a way to make that save in that situation. But I understand everyone else's perspective as well there. Well,
0: Drew, drew I mean the reality. Drew, just quickly, from a from I think a what oh, sorry man. I was
1: going to say what I think Drew's talking about, Dave. Like
2: remember what you were going to say here, but Hellebuck has not been. Like the the word I use was otherworldly, Hellebuckian, whatever, like top peak Hellebuck. He yeah. has not been
1: peak Hellebuck in this series. In the last um, three games of the series, Brassois has been just as good as
2: Hellebuck. Right. And that's what I think is is kind of, I don't know, clouding what you're talking about on that particular goal that we just, Hellebuck has been good, but we're not used to Hellebuck just being good. We're used to him being excellent.
0: Mm-hmm and yeah i'm I, oh, sorry go ahead no i was I, I, the only thing i was going to say is it's not even again it's not just on hellebuck because if you actually look it wasn't as if that was the first sequence of vegas gaining the zone that was the yeah. second where they reloaded and then took that opportunity to score the goal to me it's the fact that the jet if you're the Winnipeg big jets and you just gave up a goal to go down 2 one you cannot afford to not react and 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 push back and and we've seen them do it previously where even if they don't score right away, they're able to, you know, pu- you know, at least tread water. The problem with this team that we saw tonight was you give up a goal 47, 51, whatever, however many seconds under a minute, bang, bang, is as, as you would say, quoting Dennis, of course, as Dennis would say, as Dennis would say. But the fact of the matter is that to me was the dagger because I'll tell you right now, sitting here in this building, watching the fans, whoosh, the only thing that was getting the fans animated was that monster, fifty fifty, which was I think ended around six hundred fifty thousand dollars. So one man open it's going to be. Did one you Manitoba buy a ticket, Dave? That's what I want to know. Didn't. But <laughs> don't worry, be that it got you covered. But the fact of the matter is that I'm if what <laughs> if, like to me that like I'm not joking that folks were getting excited about that that there was anim- but that that removed because you're look you you know if you're staying if you're plucky if you're the little engine that could. You're, you're saying, look, we're 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 down 27, we're down 55, we're down 44, you know, and 91 as people are saying, although you've been without 91 for a long time, some people are wondering who 91 is right now, but but the fact of the Perfetti. matter is, it, I thank you, Drew. No, it's not. It's Fedorov. <laughs> <laughs> the fact is that you are still in that hockey game, even though it's two one, mm-hmm. but then three one, it just like whoosh, and the energy was the energy was sucked out of the building. Seattle wins it in overtime Jordan
1: Everly on the power play three minutes into overtime and it's a two all series between the Avalanche and the the Seattle Kraken they're making it interesting they certainly are they're giving the they're giving the Avalanche a run for their money no question about that uh my
2: devils there Drew nobody's talking
1: about my devils Akira Schmid that's yes, coming out of nowhere you have no idea who he has do you i knew he's the goaltender for the <laughs> devils i mean i know that he was just all of a sudden plucked that you know <laughs> you know plucked. it's into the swiss the connection
2: lineup. jonas siegenthaler swiss akira Schmid, swiss nico he's swiss like there's something about this the devils in switzerland i guess that's where they like to get their players from
1: there you and go. their cheese and chocolate uh, pierre Luc dubois cuts the golden knights lead in half and watches uh 257 mark. It's a power play goal, assist to Wheeler and Neil Pionk. And it's one of the strangest power play goals you're you're gonna ever see. Uh Wheeler with the shot, sort yeah. of similar to the first one. It was a goal. jump ball. Yeah. And you know, Dubois gets his stick on it and causes a causes a deflection and then the puck just sort of flutters way up into the air, and then Alex Petrangelo goes to swipe it away, and somehow he just misses it completely, and it just sort of falls gently down the back, like water trickling down the back of uh, of Laurent Brassois, and the puck ends up in the back of the net. Just an utterly bizarre goal, but the Jets will take that bounce when they really have had so few bounces uh, in this series so far.
2: Absolutely. Uh, And I think a lot of people thought, you know, Blake Wheeler was going to get that goal, right? Like Blake Wheeler takes the shot, Mm -hmm. it bounces up. And as you said, Petrangelo, uh, you know, takes a volleyball swipe at it and misses it, but it actually was Dubois that um, got his stick on the the Blake Wheeler shot. And yeah, very bizarre goal. uh, And and then they uh, did the video replay, but clearly there was no, high stick stick or there was nothing else preventing it. And yeah, like you said, Drew, you'll take that bounce, right? Like the Jets don't care how that puck goes in. Barbashev went off his skate. Brett Howden gets the bounce. So it was the Jets' turn to get a bounce. Unfortunately, they didn't get any other bounces.
1: No, they didn't. But the Jets cut it. They made it
0: in the third period, Dave. I was just going to quickly say on that call, worth noting that Neil Pionk now has contributed, as you were mentioning, Mm -hmm. five straight goal game. With the uh, five straight goal straight for the Jets and five straight assists for Neil Pionk. He has 13 assists in I think 16 playoff games for the Winnipeg Jets. So he's uh, he's now ahead of the guys I mentioned earlier: Andrew Copp, Brian Little, and um, hmm, Nikolai Ehlers. Who all have twelve points? So he now moves into sole possession of eighth on the all-time list. Pretty impressive, actually, that Neil Pionk is, uh, I believe, leading the Jets now right now in terms of points, uh, which is he's not got seven too points. Shabby, so. He's
1: got seven points. So he's got seven assists in these play- in these playoffs yeah. so far in in four yeah. games. So you can't say Neil Pionk. And how many? Drew, to by the way, how many minutes?
0: But more importantly, Drew, how many minutes did he end up playing tonight?
1: Well, I mean he played so many after the last game. He ended up well, playing twenty 40. twenty-seven twenty-eight, 28 uh, is what he played uh yeah. in tonight's so, game. So
0: for all the slings and arrows that he's that have been. I have twenty-seven
1: twenty-seven way. on my nhl.com, viewer. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. Whatever it's well, we can split the difference and say twenty-seven, twenty-seven, and five. What is that? Five hundredths of an uh, of a second, as well. Five. Don't, ask, of these, don't ask these
0: mass geniuses to figure that out. Yeah, They'll I be still calculating
1: that. it. <laughs> uh, so it's 3-2 so uh, at that point, and the Jets get close and they they they, they press and they push uh but they're really the, the Golden Knights do a very good job of preventing the jets from getting anything inside. They don't really get any scoring opportunities from a dangerous area. Vegas is good at keeping it to the outside and the Vegas defense steps up uh you know throughout that third uh throughout that third period to keep the jets on the exterior and they push and they push and they push, but alas they're not able to end up getting it Brett Howden. Puts it into the empty net after he missed what would have been the, uh, definitely the insurance marker after a great Mark Stone setup. But uh, Brett Howden into the empty net with 17 seconds to go giving Vegas a 4-2 victory tonight, a commanding 3-1 series lead. Game 5 goes Thursday night, which might start allegedly somewhere between 9 and 9.30 p.m. It might be, you know, hopefully nothing else gets, you know, delayed to make it even later, but it'll be another late
0: night. Three triple overtimes.
1: God help us, that the Jets looking to keep their se- season alive and to come back home for a potential Game 6 on Saturday afternoon or a potential uh, locker cleanout day probably on Saturday morning instead. One or the other, and it'll all be dictated on what happens on Thursday's Game 5 between the Jets and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, I should make mention, of course, that before we go to break, the Seagram shot of the game brought to you by our friend Friends at Seagram's, Seagram's 83, Manitoba's number one whiskey available at your local Manitoba liquor mart or wherever fine liquor products are sold. Ask for it by name, Seagram's 83. We're going to give this one to the Pierre-Luc Dubois goal because it was just that fluky and it was just that weird. That is our Seagram's shot of the game as part of the Betway game recap brought to you by our friends at Betway. It's simple, fun, and safe to bet with Betway, so head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. When we come back on the post-game show, more on the Jets and the Golden Knights. Tough, duck, hardest-hitting comments still to come, and, of course, whatever other shenanigans we come up with at 12.30 in the morning on, uh, what day is it now? Tuesday morning at 12.30. Drew Mendel. Ezra Ginsburg, Dave Manuk, downtown at Canada Life Center. Stay with us. It's the Illegal Curve post-game show. We'll be right back.
0: Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com
1: he winds up oh looks like ezzy took that one right in the choppers a blistering
2: fast puck hurts like he double hockey sticks that's why i let the pros at Linden market dental center turn my yow into wow get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros and remember
0: always wear a mouth guard now that's solid on ice advice learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. creating smiles for life Whoa, Ezzy!
1: Everything okay? You look stressed!
2: Of course I'm stressed! We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos!
1: Yes, that does sound like a problem.
0: What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there.
2: Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at
0: Rollies.com.
1: Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time.
0: Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot. And I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do.
1: Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress.
0: Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about five bucks? Come on. Five dollars? No way.
1: Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code, Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more.
0: (laughs) Come on. There's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, All the driving around I do, looking for parking... Minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground
1: parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G R Y D Park and use the code illegal curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. 12.30, Tuesday morning. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. The only good part about these games being in the wee hours is I can do Wordle during the commercial break. So I did finish Wordle for Tuesday. Uh, so that's an exciting development in my world. I don't know if you guys are big wordlers or anything like that. I can see that. I would Dave say that's minutes. not exciting in my world.
0: Okay. Well, I've, I mean, I've, I've never Wordled, worked. thankfully. So
1: well, it's little things in life every now and then that the Wordle uh, puts a smile on my face. So I was able to get Wordle done. So I've saved myself mere minutes. When only I only on up. the sixth try. Hey, sometimes those five-letter words are pretty difficult, there, Mister Ginsburg. Don't be, uh, don't be uh, so cocky. Uh, I, wor- I used commentary. to wordle when
2: it was a thing. Now I kind of, I'm off that trend.
1: You're off the wordle trend. You're, you're too good for for wordles. Is that is that what I'm? I'm now, into frosted
2: believe? tips again now.
1: Oh, good. You and Pacey, right? You're going yeah. back to Dawson's Creek. Yeah, yeah. That'll be I I that is that is That's a, a great reference, Drew. Thank you. That's a remake I would love to watch. Is as Ezie on Dawson's Creek, uh you, Katie Holmes, uh what's her name? The uh, the blonde one. Uh um I definitely
2: do not remember her name. I she's remember an the show, like she's
1: though. a is it Jennifer Williams, Jennifer just Jen...
2: you could say anything right now, and I would say, Yep. <laughs> uh
1: James Vanderbeek, right? Did I get that? Uh anyways, no the, James knows. Van Riemsdyk. No, yeah, close. Uh, very similar players. Uh, uh, that would be the original, and
2: then there was the OC. The OC was like the the 2000, what was the OC? Was that 2010? Was I I that those, farther, longer probably back? Probably earlier than that.
1: 2005? I, I don't know. You
2: know yeah. I'm more of a Dawson's Creek guy.
1: I understand. Was, Dawson's Creek was exciting for uh, for a period of time. It was revolutionizing. 2003 as a was the OC. Michelle wow. Williams. There you go. I knew I knew I knew somebody would help me out there. Thank you Bombers 1985. Uh somebody's going to yeah, help. Yeah, Bombers me out.
2: 1985 knows we're struggling. We're we just we've gotten way too old, boys. That's what's oh, happened.
1: Way too old and way too late. Is I think what you're uh what you're trying to yes. say. Bad you're combination. On the Illegal Curve post game show. Yes, exactly. A, a bad combination. Uh some comments from Rick Bonus in tonight's post game show. Uh, What did he say? Hang on, I had it right here. Rick Bonus uh, says chances are even at five on five. Pucks are going in for them and they aren't for us. We need to find more of those greasy ones. And you know, Rick, let's
2: just say the team that scores more goals wins the game. Is that what he said there?
1: Essentially, essentially, yeah, it's a pretty similar. You can paraphrase it to that extent, yes. (laughs) Uh, Similar comment. I mean, any you know, yeah. If you look at the natural stat trick and you look at some of the five on five play, it is relatively even. It's just a lot harder to get to the front of the net playing against the Golden Knights, especially when the Jets are without. Josh Morrissey, and their defense is not as big and not as physical as that of the Golden Knights, and the Golden Knights have been doing a good job. Look, you can't overlook that tonight The Jeff did not get a five-on-five goal. Right. Two goals on the power play, so right. no five-on-five no five goals for the Winnipeg Jets tonight uh, is uh, you know something that's you know bubbled up and been an issue for this team uh, all year round. And now you're going to be without Ealers, without Morrissey, uh, Shifley, you know, up in the air. But you know the way he left today, it's sort of hard to believe he'd be healthy enough to play uh, on Thursday. But there is the extra day off, I guess, between games, so maybe you get a little bit of a another day of rest there. That's to their advantage, but it's certainly not going to be. Uh, it's, it's not going to be easy for the Winnipeg Jets. Another comment from Rick Bonus. Um, uh, he said his players fought hard despite the injuries, but we're playing an excellent hockey club every night. That courtesy of our buddy Jesse Granger of the Athletic, uh, who uh, was, uh, out, of course, at the post game press conferences for both the coaches as well. Had a nice lunch with uh, Jesse and with Ken from Bin Vegas earlier today. Great to get together with them and introduce them formally in person to the illegal curve sandwich. So they and I heard their... that
2: you dined and dashed. I did a, not I, I, did, I,
1: I, I dined and paid in fact is what I did. Uh I did not dine and dash that is not my I just style. love that those
2: guys tried the illegal curve sandwich, right? Because yeah. it's obviously
1: the best sandwich in the world. Lawless exactly. knows it. Every exactly much as he much as he might not admit it, Lawless definitely knows it. Uh as he tough duck hardest any comment and then we'll get into the uh the final thoughts for tonight's game.
2: Yeah we're gonna give it to Stu Smith uh, you've got the comment there down to five D early last game and down to 11 forwards. This game kept both games close. If we can keep a full lineup for a game, we have a chance to win. Obviously, you know, he's kind of being tongue in cheek there. I think, I mean, that could be the difference. Maybe if the jets, uh, you know, don't have any injuries, they'll win the game. But um, you know, with what happened to Morgan Barron early in the series, yeah, Connor Hellebuck with the shot to the head and the, uh, the mask, I should say, and the cut and everything like that, and then the injuries to Morrissey and Shifley, it's just a, a terrible time for everything to happen because going into the series, um, you know, aside from Ehlers, who was injured obviously back on April 11th against Minnesota, um, you were relatively healthy, but no longer the case. Vegas is much healthier than the Jets, and um, yeah, their depth is definitely being tested right now. So Stu Smith, send me an email, ezra at illegalcurve.com, and Tough Duck will ship out a trucker
1: hat to you Because it's trucker hat season. Two seasons over, man. It's the spring. It's trucker hat season. Going to be, I believe, 12 degrees tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Dave wants something to discuss. He's left a snarky comment in the chat about that he hopes Mindell, the taskmaster, lets us discuss. What exactly am I uh, not letting you discuss there? I was trying to get you out of there, given that it's 1240 in the morning and the odds right now are greater that you're going to get shanked on your way to the car than they are that you're going to make it back to your car safely.
0: True, I'm from the north end.
1: If your car is still there, that that's what I'm saying.
0: I'm from the north end, so I will most likely be doing the the one doing the shanky. Yeah, Dave, Dave's the shanker, not the shanky. Yeah, yeah you'd be the shanky, I'm oh, the shanker. Okay. And there's a lot of other media types here, so when they walk out, I will probably be walking out with them. But uh, no, I mean look, uh, the you know, people are asking about who could be a potential recall from the Manitoba Moose. Expect at least two of those guys to get recall the moose of course don't play their first playoff game folks might want to become familiar with that because that might be the only playoff game in addition to the winnipeg ice who advanced i think they won eight to two today eight so two. they 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 advance they'll either play the winner of saskatoon and red deer who play tomorrow night uh in their game seven so should be a lot of fun for for them and for folks so the Winnipeg ice will be playing the manitoba moose will be playing and and in terms of who may be recalled from the manitoba moose uh you know again jansen harkins has been phenomenal so i can't see why you wouldn't give him a chance you know he had some chemistry with blake wheeler we saw it when, back when they were playing the, that series against the Calgary Flames where he scored his first, I believe, his first and only playoff goal. So to me, Jansen Harkins is a guy who makes a lot of sense. And, of course, from a defensive perspective, because even though they have Kyle Coppola-Bianco, they don't have to make a recall for out of Vegas. But if they decide, however they decide to do things, they could recall, of course, Billy Hanola. Uh, Declan Chisholm, of course, back in a regular uh, uniform. He For the first time today, he was... Um, have dealing with a high ankle sprain that he suffered last week, so he is back. A little breaking news on the Moose: if you didn't read it in my Moose report, Ezi, which I hope you did, you'd know that Christian Reichel is not available. Even though Christian Reichel is a nice, a nice addition, played 50, you know two games for the Moose, the Jets this year, but he uh, is undergoing surgery either today or tomorrow, uh, season-ending surgery. He had an unfortunate incident in Texas on the final road trip, so he won't be available for the Moose. But again, and Arvid Holm who was the backup for Connor Hellebuck today because David Riddich is dealing with a lower body injury. So, um, you know, quite a, quite a few options, but yeah, I mean, look, Jansen Harkins, Dominic Toninato, those two guys who, Toninato obviously signed that two-year extension, but Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think that one of those two guys are potentially available. And then of course, the Moose folks are gonna get excited because you can see Jets draft picks Dimitri Kuzman and Danny Jelkin, who joined the Moose this week. So lots are happening with Hold the up, AHL is that Dimitri
2: club. or Dmitri Kuzman?
0: <laughs> I asked him, I was like, Dimitri, I need to know. I've seen it. Well, it's funny, Elite Prospects has it with a Y and Hockey DB has it with an I. So I'm like, What do you prefer? But well, we is didn't find
2: what? out that it was Yoel Armia until he he went to Montreal. <laughs> played for but the we the were apps. calling him Joel Armia for years, and then all of a sudden he's Yoel Armia. So well, same don't thing forget it was, it. it was Dominic. It's actually Tony Nato, right? Because right. Dennis was the one yeah. who, at the beginning of, uh, I guess last it was year. the 2021-22 season, right? So sometimes you just have to ask the players what they prefer.
0: Well, right? it's also about Mikey Essimont. That's right. And it was like, Michael. I was like, what? You're it's Michael. actually I, Michelle. I, you Michelle. Know, I've, I,
1: I've been meaning to tell you guys I'd prefer to go by Andrew. I've been preferring that you go that you call me Andrew Mandel for the last 40 years, please, so if you don't mind. Uh, I call uh, you
2: Andrew every once in a while, but it's expert. usually to get under your skin.
1: It doesn't bother me. It's my name. It really doesn't bother me in the least bit. My uh, name is my name.
0: Yes. So, so it's. So I'm just saying, like it. Like I said, it it appears that I'm assuming that they'll return home to uh, Manitoba tomorrow because British will go on the road and he'll be the backup, and they'll have obviously Eskari Salmonen as the extra, and that uh, you'll see. I mean, they obviously have extra forwards if they need them, but I mean, my guess is like, why not? It's funny. It's one of the things, and I, Rick Bonus mentioned this, and I, he was talking about, someone asked, Kenny Weber asked him uh, yesterday, I think, or the day before, if he was planning on making a recall um, and if they would potentially be in the lineup. And he said, well, it's not really fair to them because they haven't played much. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, Logan Stanley and, and Kyle Bianco played one game <laughs> we'll each in April. Yeah. Now, obviously, Stanley's now played a second game. And whereas the Moose guys have played six or seven games because they've been playing all of April. So, um, you know, Villainola, I mean, it, to be honest with you, and I'm not look, I'm not going to get into an argument about Villainola, but the, ultimately, if you're looking for a guy who can move the puck and be a replacement for Josh Morrissey in that regard, Villainola would have made a lot of sense, but they, of course, chose not to go that way.
1: Uh, comment uh, says that I'm now Mr. Andy Mindell. It's a funny story about that comment. Uh, my parents uh, hated the name Andy. So, despite naming me Andrew, they always referred to me as Drew from the day I was born because they didn't want people to call me Andy. So, there you go. There's the uh, so obviously
2: you know who Comet is then, or Comet knows you.
1: No, I have no idea who Comet is. I think oh. because Andrew the short the short name for Andrew can be Andy, so he's just sort of making the logical leap off. But uh, as Are people name,
2: Andrew it. called Andy.
1: Yeah, Andy is a nick. It can be a nickname, but, a- but Andy can just be a name too. It can just be a name, like too, a but a lot name, of yeah. are actually Andrews is, right. is, is how it works. So whatever you want to call me, Andrew, Andy, Drew, it's all good. Uh, gentlemen, I don't know if we're going to have enough time today to talk about Sean Reynolds' gloves, but I think that's a topic for, uh, uh, for Thursday's post-game show, <laughs> if right? The gloves fit, if
0: the gloves fit, you must acquit, right? T- tell me you didn't love my, my Seinfeld reference there. Did I, you I see enjoyed it? your oh, Seinfeld yeah,
1: reference. Great. It was a good reference. I, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, how does Sean survive the winter? Is, is what I'm concerned about. If he's got to be wearing they, gloves, it I wasn't th- that cold out today.
0: I thought they made him tougher in Pinawa. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. I mean, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Lactobani. Mm, not Pinawa. Did he grow up in Pinawa, though? Or, You're thinking or of no, Oh, Murad. Murad was Pinawa.
2: You're right. Sean Guy, Dave, get your Eastman towns right, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. You know that I'm a frequent, uh, I'm frequently out in that, in those parts. Yeah, property so, uh, values
1: have dropped dramatically ever since that started happening. Let me tell you.
2: Yet alcohol sales have increased. <laughs> you know what, bear, bear sightings have actually <laughs> gone way up, though. <laughs>
1: that's right. Exactly. Bear sightings and alcohol uh, sales have, have skyrocketed. Property values. See, plummeting we're actually going to film the
2: cocaine bear there, Drew, but they decided to go with a different location.
1: Thank you. I appreciate. It. Yeah. Exactly. It was. It was one. It was one or the other. Uh, I think that's it. That's enough of uh, tonight's post game show. Congratulations to the Winnipeg. It's quarter to one in the mentioned. morning. Uh, eight two victors. Uh, For the ice uh, to win their uh, playoff round, they're off to the Eastern Conference Finals, as Dave mentioned, against either Red Deer or Saskatoon, who are going to be playing Game 7 tomorrow night for the right to play the ice in that Eastern Conference Final. The ice had some adversity, but then they came back and obviously won three games in a row, dispatching uh, Moose Jaw 8-2. Uh, early tonight with uh you know a very and a let me tell you if they make effort. it
0: through and have to play brad lambert in seattle they are going to be in
1: trouble yeah seattle's a damn good hockey team as well as what it boils down to uh big thanks to everybody for joining us tonight on the illegal curve post game show i should say this morning as well we appreciate your support if you haven't already done so smash the like button subscribe to the youtube channel subscribe to the podcast leave us feedback here there and everywhere, we always like to know what you think about these fine programs and always appreciate when you leave some comments on the iTunes page. B-b- boost up that algorithm. We really don't know what that means, but we've been told that to say it. it makes us sound smarter. So boost the algorithm people. Boost it, what we baby. Need to do. Boost it, boost it, boost it. Like Dave M's car is being boosted right now off the streets. A uh, big thank you to all the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make the post game show, the Saturday show, and the website a Possibility, our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club. Lynn Linden Market Dental Center, Zapia Group, Realty, Betway. They're the title sponsor of this year post game show. Tough Duck, you know them. Tough Duck, hardest-hitting commons. Win a toque, win a trucker hat. In the summer, maybe, well, if the Jets ever go far and get to the Stanley Cup Finals, it might be like win a bathing suit or something, given the, the warm weather. That, that'll happen. Time will tell if that uh, is going to be this year or not. Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, Grid Park, and the Keg support these fine businesses because of their continued support of illegal curve hockey. Big thanks to all of you for joining us. Big thanks to Dave uh, Mnook hanging out in downtown Winnipeg at Canada Life Center. Big thanks to Izzy Ginsberg hanging out in his basement. I'm your host, Drew Mandel, hanging out in my electrical room. We'll be back on Thursday night. Uh, Post game show will start, I don't know, right around the, Somewhere between eleven thirty and midnight, I guess. So you know, whatever time it's going to be, just stick with us. It might be the last post game show of the season. Time will tell if that's the case or not. But whatever it is, we'll be back on Thursday night, no matter what. Uh, smash the like button, as I mentioned, subscribe to everything where you need to subscribe to. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. Jerry Seinfeld.
0: Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.